Hey, podcast listeners, I got a question for you out there. Are you tired of spending hundreds of dollars on high-end instrument or mic cables? Do you just keep buying the same cheap cables that short out or fall apart when you need them the most? Well, we've got a solution for you. Here at What's Up With Danny, we have a podcast sponsor now. They're called Loomdem Cables, and they're from Grand Rapids, Michigan. They make high-quality cables right here in Michigan, made by musicians for musicians. When you buy from them, you get a lifetime guarantee and you get free shipping. That's Loomdem Cables. Cables. L-O-O-M-D-E-M cables.com. Check it out. Hey everybody, what's up? It is Thursday, July 1st, 2021, and you're listening to a new episode of What's Up with Danny. Um, I just spilt coffee all over my car. Uh, that's the beautiful thing about trying to drink coffee in a car. Sometimes you spill it. Um, but I am not here to complain about spilled coffee. That's just, that's how the saying goes, right? Don't complain over spilt coffee. Um, I think that's how the saying goes, at least. So we'll we'll go with that. But anyway, um, today's episode is with Chase Maycroft and Dustin Lance. Uh, they are part of the band Timeless, and have also recently started their own cable company. Um, now, the interesting thing about that, I guess, is when I say that, uh, you might be thinking, oh, so they, they started a, a company where you can you you can get cable from them and watch channels and have channels and stuff. I don't mean that. Uh, I mean, like, like, guitar cables and microphone cables and things like that. That's what I mean when I say cables. The thing about the English languages is uh, some words can mean more than one thing, uh, which I guess is pretty cool. Um but also might be very confusing. So I guess I felt the need to clear that up, even though I probably didn't need to. Um, but anyways, it was, a, it was a great interview. I always say it, but, uh, you know, doing this podcast lets me sort of talk to people that I don't get to talk to very often. And this is really no different. I mean, I've known these guys for a long time now. It was great to get together, and I'm glad that they're thriving and doing what they love. Um, you know, we talk about music, what, how they got their start, you know, from playing at such a young age and playing with older bands and playing in bands with older members, you know, what that sort of, how that got them started and what they learned uh, to get going on their musical careers. Uh, we talk a little bit about the bands they were in, Dustin and Chase separately, and then when they sort of got together and started playing together in Timeless. Um, and then it's a pretty smooth transition into cables. I don't even think I really asked them about it. I think we just kind of started going and talking about it. Um, and the salesmen in them sort of just started chipping away. I mean, they they very much care about their product. And, you know, you could tell they put a lot of time and effort into it. And it's, you know, I and I very much wish them all the best of luck. Chase and Dustin, if you're listening to this, like I say, the best of luck to you guys. I hope this business endeavor goes well for you um yeah great interview a lot of fun i hope you all enjoy it email danny.bruick.shows at gmail.com uh if you have any comments questions suggestions you know you want somebody for the podcast you want us to reach out to drop it in the email um we got interviews for the rest of the month we got recording constantly just racking up the episodes for y'all so uh be be on the lookout for some of those uh, you can follow us on Instagram at What's Up With Danny Podcast or on Facebook, facebook.com slash What's Up With Danny. Um, make sure you rate, review, subscribe, yada, yada, all that junk. Um, 
I feel, you know, that's such a weird thing to request because it's like, oh, if you're listening to this, you probably are already subscribed to it. You know, it's not like you you were looking at the the page or the recommended things and you saw mine. I mean, maybe you did. That's pretty sick too. If you did, if that's how you found out about this podcast, shoot us an email because I'd love to hear about it. That helps us figure out how people are listening. Um, but yeah, and I can finally talk about it. I've been teasing it, but. I haven't. I have barely had any info, and now I have the information, so I can promote it. Uh, August fourteenth, come see Tim at Yardapalooza. Well, Yardapalooza at the ballpark. It's at Softball World. August fourteenth, ton of bands. Uh, Sky King, I think. Uh, a Bacano is playing. Natural Selection, which is another band that's. Uh, I don't know if I can talk about that really because it's not really public, but that's another band that I'm excited to uh, see at Yard of Palooza. But yeah, I, it, I hinted pretty hard at what I meant by that. But uh, yeah, so make sure you August 14th, Softball World in Muskegon, Yard of Palooza, Short Hair Domestics is also playing. Um, I don't have the event right in front of me, so I can't tell you everybody that's playing, but just search it on Facebook and uh, come hang. It's going to be a good time. And I got another Tim show coming up in September that hasn't been announced yet, so I can't tell you. But oof, does it feel good to be telling people to come see me play a gig? Oh, I can't tell you how good it feels, even though I just did. Um, but anyways, enough of that. Enjoy the episode with Chase and Dustin. Uh, first off, thank you guys. For doing this podcast, yeah, we of course, appreciate so. it. Yeah, thanks for having us. Hell yeah! So, this is a podcast that we talk about people who kind of follow their passions and do things with their life that they really want to do. Then um, we're probably going to cover a couple different topics, but a lot of the times it usually starts out with music. And that's something you two have a pretty big background in. So, mm-hmm. let's get started with that. Uh, I guess separately, what got you guys into your start with music, and then also what kind of brought you guys together yeah i'll go first um so when i was uh first starting out i actually wasn't very good and uh my homies closest homies were like yo man maybe you should just stick to vocals and i was like <laughs> oh, so i uh it like drove me to sit down and every everything i did constantly just play guitar eat sleep guitar and then I got in when I was young, about 15, 16, with some older fellas that were like 26, 27, already had an established name in the scene. And um, yeah, I kind of took off from there, just played at the intersection at a young age, started, you know, shaking hands and led me to where I am now. Sweet. How about you, Dustin? Uh, I would say probably my first concert that my dad took me to was Def Leppard in nice. elementary school. And no I just way. like what yeah. was the venue? I was Van Andel. Right on. Yeah, so it was like just my first big rock concert, which I was like, this is cool as fuck. Like, <laughs> I wanna do that. <laughs> yeah. You know? So I, then I was like, Dad, I need a guitar. So he had a coworker. I had this like little shitty PV and this like 10 watt combo amp mm-hmm. that he got from his uh, buddy and I went to town. I nice. had the same thing. I had a shitty PV and a shitty PV combo amp. <laughs> I got the <laughs> shitty PV signed by Ted Nugent and I took it apart because he was like Hey, if you ever play this guitar while you're drinking around drugs, it'll explode. <laughs> I play it like you mean That's actually probably when I started playing it like I meant it. The seventh grade. My Ooh. dad took me out of school. He's like, hey, you got a dentist appointment. <laughs> and Mr. Bottom was like, ooh, Dr. Ted? Because I was talking about it all day. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> Oops, told him myself. Yeah. 
Thanks, Mr. Bonham. Smart ass. <laughs> <laughs> so what what was some of the things that you were sort of figuring out when you were like you you know, you say you started playing places like the intersection, you know, when you're in, in your teenage years and you know you you went to what well, how old were you when you went to see Def Leppard? I can't remember like what you said. Seven or eight or some seven. shit. So you guys you guys kind of got the bug early. I mean, what, what were some of the things you were learning when you first kind of started to progress and play a little bit? Um, a lot of it was, you know, stop trying to be who others want you to be, you know. And um, you know, when I started playing things that really interested me and really challenged me, like Pantera, um, I wouldn't set it down until I got it done, you know, mm -hmm. so I learned a lot of tightness. I'd play with my guitar um, pretty much mixed in. I learned how to, to find a good mix, you know, to where I wasn't overpowering. The music wasn't overpowering me. Mm -hmm. That way I could find my niche, if you will. Sure. It. And yeah, it was just pretty much about, you know, being tight. If you, if there was something wrong, you, you, you know, you, you didn't get that right note perfectly, that right bench perfect, you know. Just make a mental note and come back to it. Just, mm -hmm. just be tight, you know. And that's kind of what I live by, you know, mm -hmm. tightness. That's tight. Tight, dude. <laughs> tight. Yeah, how about you, Dustin? Um, I would say I kind of focused on, like, obviously learning guitar first and foremost, but, like, I never really knew, like, theory or any of that. Like, I played saxophone in sixth grade and then quit because, like, my band teacher sucked, so. That sounds like a similar story I went through. <laughs> Me too, dude. Yeah. I played cornet and fist and quit. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. I, I played, like, one year in band, and I, I did it just so I could go to Michigan Adventures at the end yeah. of the year. <laughs> I think that was what I joined for, too, dude. <laughs> No way. I think that's it. But anyways, could change us up one day. Dude, the band trips were lit, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The band trip was always hype. One time at band camp. <laughs> I actually went there. We'll get to that. <laughs> Dude, yeah. So I guess I just kind of started learning music and, like, hearing songs and just playing over top of them and just trying to, like, shred that way. Really helped me just kind of, like, learn, like, to hear music. Mm -hmm. um, and also, I kind of focused on a lot of writing, too, I feel like. Like, I definitely wasn't always the best guitarist in the room, but I always, like, kind of... Like, pride myself in writing songs. Mm. Exactly, yeah. Being more of a composer is kind of what I pride myself upon, too, you know? Yeah. I do, like, a wide variety of shit now, too. Like, whether it's timeless and, like, some Dead Flower shit, we're cooking up beats and, like, Same. totally different vibes, so. Oh, yeah, all over the board, man. I Sometimes when I, you know, I got writer's block, I just make a hip-hop beat or whatever, you know? Mm -hmm. Something to just break up the time and, you know, create freely. Yeah, it's good to do something else. No boundaries. Yeah. For sure. When did you sort of start to feel the strides in your songwriting? Like when you could, could sort of like, a thing I struggle with is I'll, I'll write something or I'll start something and I won't move past that part because I'll really like that part. And then I can't find that next groove, you know what I mean? And so I, I but I can still write songs. I, they just have to be in that right feel for me. Is that sort of how you guys write songs? I mean, what, where do you, where do you kind of get to a point where you're comfortable and you hear something you're playing and you're like, Oh no, this is a song. Like, or do you just sort of sit there with it and go, "Ah, oh, this is this sucks. Why do I even try?" You know, like, where, where where do you guys sit in that spectrum? Um, I would say both ends of it. Sometimes, like, I'll sit there and like work on it and work on it. I'm like, "No, nah, this sucks. I'm gonna write a different verse." And then this sucks. And like, finally, you come up with something that you think is good, or you're like, "All right, I just have to fucking be done with it and like move on." Like Chase had this talk with Timeless. So like. It's like you're a painter, dude. Like your painting has to be done at some point. You can't just keep painting. Yeah, you're never done with the painting. You just have to stop working on it and move on. Or you just, mm -hmm. you know, you can keep adding anything. Just, I mean, mm -hmm. that's with any kind of art, you know, right. just keep adding constantly. But, 
you know, you're never going to move forward. You're just spinning your wheels at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that you mentioned that because like, I think, well, art, art can really be critiqued in any way. Anything is art really at this point, I think, to anybody. But when it comes to songwriting, I always love the idea that no song is really finished. Like even songs that you've listened to on albums for years, they're not, they're not really done. You know, you see a band play it live and it's a little bit different or they have a little faster or slower groove where they've fine-tuned it in a way. Mm. Now, I just like the idea that when you create something, it's still open-ended even though it's done. Yeah, yeah of course. And that's one thing that I always kind of wanted to stray away from backtracks, even though, you know, you got to, uh, you know, conform with the times. But that was one thing that I prided myself uh, in, well, my band of all we cherish upon. You know, we didn't, um, we didn't sit there and worry about, you know, nailing just this perfect thing right, right here and there. You know, we'd save some for the live show. Even in the studio, we'd be like, oh, hold that back. That's sick. But let's. You know, let's save it for live shows. Let's, let's make our live shows unforgettable rather than uh, a you know cut and dry version of the of the album. Mm. You know, yeah, that's cool. And you know, people would walk up and be like, "How do you guys play the backtrack so well?" And we're like, "We're not playing the backtrack." <laughs> you know, it's like, "Well, how'd you do the bass?" Because I played, I had a GK3 external divided MIDI pickup on my guitar mounted, so I ran that 13 pin MIDI out, and I played uh, bass and guitar at the same time, still to this day in that band, and. Um, yeah, it's, it just works out great at that point. Mm-hmm. Now let's let's kind of go through the timeline a little bit because you both have been in separate bands and then you've sort of gotten to a point where today you guys are in the same band. Talk talk to me a little bit about that. Did you you guys have met each other, you know, before being in this band? Obviously, you know what what was there any point where you guys were you know friends at one point where you're like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna play with this guy one day. You know what I mean? Like was that was that something that ever happened? Before, before the no, band started. Really. No, I mean, I remember playing with you, I think, for the first time at Envy. And it yep. was with, like, Famous Last Words in, like, Sycamore, I think. Yeah, I think it was a Blackout Bash, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sounds about right. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah, you guys are probably there. We play yeah. there all the, yeah, mm-hmm. all the venues. But, yeah, um, I kind of just knew Chase through music. And then Timeless, there was an opportunity there, and that was through Nate. And so that's when I was like, yeah, you know, you guys have got some good shit going, so. Yeah, it was it. awesome, man. And, um, I'll tell you what, I wouldn't be here without Dustin today. Mm-hmm. Honestly, through all, you know, everything with the, well, with the Nate stuff and whatnot, Dustin's kept it together. He stepped up, took the CFO position over. Um, he doesn't steal money. <laughs> like somebody. No names. But, uh, yeah, uh, it, it's it's pretty much just like, you know, you're the music scene's one big family, you know, and I've learned that through working at the intersection and whatnot that I, I just got a call from a tour manager, a random tour manager that I didn't think I ever met yesterday. Mm-hmm. It's a tour manager for Avatar. And he's like, dude, I think I know you. And then we talked about all the shows that we've done together and everything. It's wow. And then I just got offered to do this uh, the big fan festival up north and I'll be on tour so I can't. So I passed it on to my buddy Bubbles and Damon and uh, Zach from uh, Elucid Aesthetics. And they were like, yep, yeah, already been talking with somebody else in the festival. I was like, no way. <laughs> you know, like, it just, it's literally one big family, man. Yeah. And, uh, you know, eventually me and Dustin were bound to run into each other and make some music. No, for sure. I believe in uh, synchronicity, so. Yeah. Like, I've known Andy and Danny over here for, what, a good decade? Because oh, I remember, like, being yeah. 16 and 15 <laughs> when I started, like, playing shows. Yeah. Drinking beers in the back of the Lakeland <laughs> truck in the snake pit. Yeah. <laughs> what, in the, in the Lakeland van? 
I bought that motherfucker. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, RIP. The whole front end fell apart. <laughs> <laughs> that does not surprise me. He was just so sitting angry. in my driveway and I walk out one day, I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> I'm like, the whole fucking A-arm just boom, frame rotted right out. Really? Ran great. Yeah, ran great. I, had to, I, I did get stranded a couple times in it, but I fixed that. It was a crank sensor. <laughs> <laughs> now, Dustin, I'm curious a, a little bit about the when you you know when you and I first met, you were in high school, correct? Yeah. Um, and you were playing. I want. Were you playing with the Active Inspire at that point? Yeah. Okay, that's what I was thinking earlier today. I was like, I think when I met him, he was in that band, but I couldn't remember exactly. Yeah. What was that like for you? You know, to be in high school, to be in this band that's you know playing gigs. I think I had you at you know, probably Lamangelo's and I would assume building one, maybe even the DAC at some points, I would assume. Uh, what was that like for you to be in high school and be gigging and, you know, just be doing the thing, you know? Yeah, what was um, like? it was a lot of fun. I remember, like, that was kind of like my senior year. I remember not playing hockey to play music that year. My parents were pissed. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, it's what I wanted to do, you know? Um, it was a great time, though. I felt like we had a solid lineup at that time, too. So we were like, we played with Hawthorne Heights and like some other bands like Mixtape and stuff like that. So it was a good time, really big learning experience. I mean, Courtney's out there killing it. The chapel now, they're on Rise. So yeah, she's doing it big. Nice. Oh, yeah. It was a good time for sure. I mean, definitely got me to where I am today. Mm -hmm. did, did you feel like it sort of, yeah, gave you that motivation or that extra step to sort of be in a band that, people liked and people came to see to give you that confidence to kind of progress? Yeah, definitely. I felt like we had like a really like solid like group of musicians too, which like sometimes you'll be in a band and not everyone is, I guess, awesome. You know, mm. that makes sense. And there's five people. So it was really like a strong crew. And like, I mean, there's days where like I'll listen to that song, like some of the songs we wrote. I'm like, that was actually like kind of good from being like 16, mm. you know? Like, yeah. Well, that's how it was with Death Sound Orchestra jumping in was, you know, me being so young, 16, and those guys being older, it was the same exact way. It was, um, you know, they had already been through all the shitty bands and shitty band members and all this, you know, back and forth. And so when I jumped in, it was almost like, okay, it was, it was learning. You know, I was learning from them, from their mistakes, but I didn't have to witness the mistakes, mm -hmm. if you will, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I was in that band until I was about 20 years old. And, uh, yeah, it was pretty much the same thing. You know, I just had a good group of guys that were solid tight all the time. It really molded the way that I carry myself today. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. Did it ever feel like when you're playing with these older guys and, you know, you're kind of still learning how to be in a band, you know, did it ever feel like you really, that kind of gave you, I, I don't know if a chip on your shoulder is the right way to put it, but maybe gave you a little bit more reason to excel or like a more reason to actually give it your all and and show that you deserve to be there you know you, you, you know what i mean yeah so um it was never really like that with those guys um when they offered me the position uh i ended up showing up knowing all their songs because my dad won some tickets off the radio and won one of their albums nice so i learned them all before i showed it to my audition mm -hmm. and they had mad respect from day one you know they tried out other people they're like mm -hmm. what made you choose chase uh, when we got interviewed for the paper, they were like, well, he showed up and said, which one do you want to play? And everybody else was like, what do you want to play? But I guess uh, it was more or less one specific teacher that made me really want to do better. Um, and that's because he was being a dick. <laughs> he was like, uh, he's like, what do you want to do with your life, Chase? You know, he's like, you never come to my class, but you pass all my tests. I thought you were cheating, but you're not. And I was like, well, 
you know, first of all, don't make your class 80% tests. Mm-hmm. And then I don't have to get 100% <laughs> and, and never show up and get a D plus still, you know, because I don't really care about school. Which, right. I mean, I did later in life, you know, right. went to college. But anyways, he was like, what do you want to do with your life? And I was like, uh, I want to do something with music. And he's like, you know how many people want that? I said, what's your favorite band, Katner? And he's like, Breaking Benjamin. I said, well, if you had a they had a piece of shit math teacher like you, you wouldn't have a favorite fucking band now, would you? <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, you don't get it. I was like, nah, man, you don't get it. And I walked out. And I never went back to his class again. Never talked to him again. And uh, it was right then and there I knew. I was like, fuck this guy. I'm going to do, do what I want. And I make more than him, so. <laughs> Thanks, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So it sounds like even from a young age, I mean, you were determined and you had that motivation. I mean, obviously they they saw something in you, I mean, to pick you as opposed to maybe someone who was their age or even older than them. I mean, that that had to have meant a lot of a lot to you in the moment to oh, yeah. even be considered, let alone be chosen. Yeah, I was fiberglass. Um, I, I didn't really didn't really know what to think at the time. Didn't I took it seriously, but I didn't think they were going to take me seriously. Mm-hmm. So I, I went all out. You know, I even started writing solos and stuff like because they were hiring me as a lead guitar player. Mm-hmm. So there was probably some kind of, you know, like, oh, this little motherfucker coming in thinking he's a lead guitar player. At some point, um, I remember that being a discussion like, oh, yeah, you know, Nick didn't really want you in, but me and Nick are homies now, and I, would, I wouldn't take back anything, mm-hmm. any, any moment. He really shaped me. Um, but yeah, I'm sure that like if there was a 16 year old that came in my band right now, I'd be like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's uh, there's there's just definitely something there. I'll tell him um, to come back when he can legally drink a beer. Right. Well, <laughs> that was one of the the things I could not drink, um, and I never tried. You know, we just pretty much faked it. And we were like, yeah, this is Babyface Chase, mm-hmm. and uh, we had this whole spiel like, oh yeah. I got pulled over drinking and driving, and they took my license. I don't have a license anymore, so that's why I don't have an ID. And I even got, we got offered to play at the strip club one time, bro. And uh, he came in, and he ID'd my 24-year-old bass player and didn't ID me. It was fucking awesome when I was, like, 17. He came to the bar, too. That's awesome. Well, he only ID'd him. He goes, first, can I see your ID? And Steve was like, me. And he looks over at me. <laughs> like, what the fuck? And uh, I actually used his ID to get into a, a club for my 18th birthday. Nice. Or 17th birthday. Yeah, that's what it was. He was like 5'7", blue eyes. That's not me. <laughs> Dude, I never look at that shit when I'm checking IDs. They're like, if the picture looks like close, you know? Date's a date. I'm never like, do you have blue eyes? Like, you know... I mean, you can usually tell if someone looks similar. It was Club Tonic and Pontiac, too. They didn't give a shit. <laughs> He's like, give me a 20. I ain't worried about it to my buddy. who He just forgot his ID in the car. He was actually 21. He had to pay $40 to get in. And I only had to pay 10 And he was actually 21. I wasn't even 18. That's hilarious. So what are some of the bands or, like, some of the venues that are around when you guys are getting your starts in the scene? I, I think... I'm. I, Obviously, I would know. We just mentioned a handful of them when I was asking you about your stuff. But with with you, I mean, I think I think you you're a little bit older than I am. I think so. We might have started at different times. I'm 29. Really? I don't know why I thought you were older than me. I'm 29. That's crazy. Well, it's just because I was I never played like with guys our, our age until mm-hmm. I was 20. You know? Like, sure. Yeah, yeah. And then I was like, I actually quit that band, walked up to Chris Hotz, and I was like, "You ready?" 
because it was we played with Lakeland mm-hmm. that night, and it was the first time I ever played with Lakeland, and it was the last time I ever played with that band. And I started playing with Lakeland like non fucking stop afterwards, you know. Mm-hmm. But it was um, regardless, like Landmark. I was playing Landmark a lot, Cuties, um, My Bar. Uh, we played the Blue Note when it first opened before it closed again. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I played that too. And um, yeah, Intersection. I played Teaser's Bar, Motorcycle Bar. That was pretty crazy. <laughs> People were out in the middle after our show, just doing burnouts and completely taking their, their tires would just fall off, and they just lift them up in the air, smoking. And I was like, "What is going on?" <laughs> yeah, that was the first time I got drunk with the band too. Buckets at Teasers. Thanks, Grand Rapids. <laughs> Stay classy. So, like, with with playing in those venues and playing primarily bars, it sounds like, I mean, did that kind of force you to maybe grow up a little bit faster than you maybe would have if you just kind of started out playing in, like, VFW halls or, like, a, you know, church basements or something like that? Yeah, I mean... The, the Grand Haven, wherever that venue was. Oh, the Yeah, But that was later on in life. Um, yeah, I guess... Uh, I did grow up kind of fast, you know. It seems like it'd be a, just an interesting life experience for, you know, a 16-year-old or uh, you said yeah, 16, 16, yeah. I think I was 15 when I first started playing with them. Mm-hmm. I was 16 when we started playing out. Yeah, and so, like, like in that, to be in that atmosphere, I mean, a, a bar gig is definitely a different feel than, you know, like, like, like I said, like a church basement or like a house show or something like that. I mean... So I would think that being younger, you're sort of thrown into these situations where you're you're seeing things that you might not, you know, typically see if you're 16. You know, what do you do when you're 16? You know, you you hang out with your friends. You maybe go see a movie or go to a, a high school dance or some shit like that. You know what I mean? Like, it feels like you're going to be thrown into situations that might cause you to maybe learn a little bit about life more so than what you would have if you had stuck to more of like a high school crowd. Yeah, of course. And a lot of uh, the high school crowd that I hung out with, um, kind of were in the same boat, you know, not with music and whatnot, but, um, yeah, we just all kind of, we all kind of were forced to grow up early. I mean, between tragedies and, and life lessons, you know, 100%, but yeah, um, totally in that sense, uh, I guess I kind of just stuck around and kind of followed closely. Uh, I didn't speak much I didn't, I didn't step out of line. You know, I didn't even rock out much on stage. I remember playing a battle of the bands at the intersection. I had a guy on the side, side Joey Latigas. He's like, I need more from you, bro. I'm like, I thought I was going hard. But <laughs> I probably didn't move a muscle. I thought I was going hard, though. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, other than that, you know, it was just always kind of, you know, stay in the shadows. I was young. I wasn't supposed to be there. You know, so I didn't, I didn't make a, a fool of myself. Kind of just sat back and listened and learned, you know. And so, yeah, I'm sure it affected me in some way growing up fast, but so does everything else in life. Now, how about for you, Dustin? I feel like we've been we've been talking to Chase for a little bit. Let's let's talk to Dustin a little bit. <laughs> what 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 were some of the places that you were playing? You know, where you started. Like, what was the first gig that you played? Uh, the first gig I played, I think, was Johnson Hall. Stomping grounds. Yeah. R.I.P. Yeah, R.I.P. the bingo hall. But yeah, like I remember playing there with like Lakeland and fucking God, who knows else. But yeah, I mean, that was like one of the first shows ever. That was fun. There was like two stages. Like, you know, it was like a ball back in the day. That was like the hot spot. 
What what was that? So was that your first influence within the Muskegon scene? Uh, yeah, for the most part, for sure. Mm-hmm. So I was like from Holland. So like I remember like seeing a lot of dispute like in Holland in like seventh grade and shit mm. at the Park Theater. Nice. Like playing there later and stuff. But yeah, that was kind of my first Muskegon experience. Right on. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about Lot Dispute for a second because people from Michigan, I feel like, get this. Um, but those experiences that we got seeing like Lot Dispute in seventh grade, you know, like I remember seeing them in a church basement, you know, five miles from my house several times, or just like I feel like we sort of they're, you know, they're obviously a pretty successful band now, but we sort of got a cheat code into their life a little bit, being younger and growing up around here. Like there's, I think that's one of those bands where like people see them now and they, they really love it, but they don't have that same experience that a lot of the people within this region kind of do seeing them. Like I, I saw Jordan get punched in the face one time at a show and like maybe like 30 other people were there. And so we all just have that inside story that that's never going to happen again. You know what I mean? Like, it's just in that band is so interesting to me. We all grew up with them and now they're this huge, successful band. Just, I think it's great. Yeah. I remember like, I didn't even know who they were going to that show. One of my mm-hmm. like buddies who was like two years older than me, his band was playing. So I was like, oh yeah, I want to go to your show. And then like a lot of few headline and I was like, holy shit, <laughs> like that just happens. Right. Like, yeah. and that was like my first like local show that I had gone to too, really. So that was, Fucking sick. Yeah, they they played the first show I ever went to. It was uh, Moreland's EP release. And they played before Moreland. And I remember that was my first time I ever saw a fight at a concert. Well, I, I should was say... Was that Oakcrest? Yeah, that's the first time I ever saw a couple fights at a show, I should say. Because I, <laughs> I remember there being a few that happened that night. And I remember Anthony was running the show and he was so mad. He was so mad at everybody. <laughs> Just, you know, like, People aren't supposed to fight. Yeah, he was just, it was... This is a church, damn Everybody it. love everybody. <laughs> but then I do remember him also doing... Have you ever seen somebody do one of those moves where they're mopping, like, in the pit? You ever see one of those? Like, they're <laughs> pretending to mop the floor while they're in the pit? Yeah. I do remember seeing him do that at that show, too. And I thought it was so funny. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've never seen that. I've yeah. worked like, the show. I've never seen someone uh, mopping the floor in the pit. <laughs> I remember you, you, you would mop the floor with your face if that was happening. Yeah, I remember there being a time where it was just like it was a silly thing. Like you just everybody wanted to be sillier than the last person that came through. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's it, cool. Yeah. Like it, it, I don't think it would happen today no. in this punch kick type atmosphere oh, that I a hate, lot of these I shows are. Killers. Yeah, mm-hmm. let's, let's talk about that for a second because I don't believe that's come up yet. What because you you've worked it venues and you've seen different crowds and different shows and different things. I mean, you, you probably know more than anybody about how different crowd reactions and different, you know, atmospheres as far as shows go. I mean, what, what are some things that you've seen throughout the years as far as like the way people behave at shows and what kind of atmosphere it is? Okay. So most of all, uh, Hennessy is the devil. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Usually when people are carrying around bottles of Hennessy, shit gets crazy as hell at the end of the night. Mm-hmm. Um, no matter what, uh, any venue I've worked at, <laughs> it, it could be, I mean, like formal. I had a governor's conference one time and I got called. They thought I was the DJ. So they told me to learn how to DJ, you stupid bitch. Some lady in a red gown. And I was like, wow, that would be really 
me if I was the DJ. <laughs> but the DJ is right there. He's a coworker. You know, so he was, he wanted to be in front of house, but they all thought, I, I mean, I kind of did look like a DJ. I had a Adidas sport jacket on and shit, so. <laughs> but, um, uh, I guess, you know, EDM shows is pretty much all about, you know, uh, peace, love, unity, respect, plur, fam. Uh, and then, there's, you know, the metal crowd, which is pretty, pretty easygoing. Yeah, they punch each other in the face, but if they fall, the same dude that punched you is going to help you right back up, and you can punch him back. You know? <laughs> no problem, bro. I'm still in the pit, you know? It's pretty much, you know, if you, if you don't want to get hit, get out of the pit. Mm-hmm. And then you got hardcore and, like, I guess, I mean, I, I, would, I would say, like, a Casey stream, for instance. Um, Dudes punching chicks in the face. Chicks punching dudes in the face. Nobody's giving a shit. Uh, <laughs> and then you got rap shows. Um, those just are pretty much, uh, you know, 60, 30-second versions of each of their songs. Even if, like, when Jeezy did Akon one time, or he did the Soul Survivor with Akon, he didn't even say shit the whole time. He was just like, I'm a... Soul Survivor. <laughs> you know, like, everybody was saying for him and Akon on the backtracks. Mm-hmm. You know, country, same thing. A lot of beer, a lot of fights. Um, I think I, I think I hit everything pretty much, yeah. right? Yeah. Rock and roll, no problems ever. No, <laughs> <laughs> well, I think like that's sort of the interesting thing about music to me, and I mean, I I saw it too. You know, just booking different kinds of shows, just the different people that would come and the different, you know, attitudes or mindsets that would be in an audience, and I think that's the interesting thing about music is. You all go there for the same reason, but there's, you can kind of predict, I think, beforehand what you're going to see and like the type, like you go to, you stand in line for a specific you show stand in line and, you, and can you, you can tell, oh, that's, there's an EDM gig there tonight or, yeah. oh yeah, there's probably a country gig or there's a metal gig or something It's like not that. stereotypical, you know, people are stereotyping themselves because mm-hmm. they're all just standing in line together, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? So it's not stereotypical <laughs> to say that it is what you are. I mean, like, if you're not a country, don't go to a country show and don't wear a cowboy hat. You know what I'm saying? So, yep. <laughs> but I think that's, that's a, like, I guess to add to that point, that's still kind of the beautiful thing about music is it sort of molds you into this personality, whether or not you realize it's happening. I mean, you can, you can enjoy a type of music, but then, yeah, it kind of comes out in your, in your everyday life, the clothes you wear, the way you carry yourself. You know, I think that's something that's really interesting about music. I mean, Speaking of country, Blake Shelton dropped a new record. He's got a hot track called Corn. You got to listen to mm. it. Is it hot corn or just it's corn? It's just called Corn. I think I've heard it. I think I heard it. Probably heard it on it B93. Sounds, it sounds familiar. It's a banger. It's a banger? It's a banger. Right, like, so good. I like... I mean, I respect music of all genres. So, like, I do listen to a wide variety of things. But I heard that song on the radio, and I was like, who was it? I had to, like, Shazam. Yep. So, I was like, that song was fucking hot. <laughs> <laughs> See, I don't know. I don't like too much. I mean, Blake Shelton's good. He's he's old school, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but some of the City Billy uh, music coming out, that's what we call it. Well, that's what I call it. Yeah, hip hop. <laughs> no, hip hop is, <laughs> is, like, the lax to me. Like, it's like metal, rap, rock. Um did you say hick pop? Yeah, there's hick pop too. You know, <laughs> oh, okay, like it's no, like, so that's city billy like to me. Country, but I get it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. it's like catchy choruses and uh, fake twang, like Frankie Ballard. <laughs> he's from like Battle Creek or something like that, and he's yeah. like, "Hey, yeah, I just want to let y'all know I really appreciate y'all coming out tonight. 
And then afterwards, he's drunk. He's like, hey, dude. Thank you so much. I'm sorry, Frankie. <laughs> That's so funny, though. Total Behind switch the up. scenes. Yeah, I mean, like, if you, I mean, I can't really say much because I guess my family, my mom's side of the family, they live in Walkerville mm -hmm. and they have the thickest southern accents. Just because they sing country and play country. Mm -hmm. um, I think, anyways. <laughs> but they think they are south of Tennessee for sure. Like, yeah. Thick. <laughs> so let's let's talk a little bit about that. I mean, when you guys, I mean, granted, no one's played a show in over a year, but I mean, when you do play and you're up on stage, do you feel as though that person that you are on stage is different or similar to the person that you are off stage? Like what sort of, it, it, you know, it's a performance, obviously, but do you feel that sort of coming through within yourself, like that performance aspect where you're like, you step off stage and then it's over and you're back to being chasing Dustin or do you get on stage and you're chasing Dustin 2.0 you know like stage version like how, how what do you guys think about that I feel like I'm in like my raw form mm -hmm. I am the most of myself when I'm on stage uh, no cares in the world doing what I love people are there to see me I don't care if anybody's there really mm -hmm. you know um, glorified band practices feel good you know? yeah. <laughs> I've had a, I've had shows for one and 1,000 you know and um they all feel the same. I just feel when I come alive in the lights, kind of. Mm -hmm. you know? mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I would say I... Hmm, I don't want to put this. Um, I guess I am a different version of myself, per se. Um, but I'm, like, very... I'm also, like, putting on a show, kind of. So, like, I'm aware that, like, hey, I'm here to entertain also. So, like, sometimes, like, I, you got to be, like, over the top and, like, kind of out there sometimes. Mm -hmm. So, like, maybe, yeah, Dustin 2.0, just a little bit crazier, you know? <laughs> See, I, like, I was kind of like that in the beginning. You know, like, I was uh, a form of myself. I stood still. I made sure I played tight. You know, all my notes were perfect, blah, 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 this and that. And, you know, if I felt like I could move around, it was just more important for me to hit the notes and put mm -hmm. on a tight show, you know? But now, I mean, not saying that it's not important to play tight, but just the fact, you know, sometimes missing one one bend is, you know, while you're hopping, you know, for three minutes straight, who cares? You know, mm -hmm. like, mm. people enjoy that more and you shouldn't care. And that's when I had to learn to not care. You know, like, pretty much think of it as uh, playing your instrument is second nature of being yourself. Yeah. You know, is first come. You know? Yeah, I mean, if they want to hear you play your parts perfectly, they'll just go sit out in the car and listen to your yeah, CD. Right. That, that's what I was saying, yeah, about backtracks for the longest time, you know. Um, I've done them, we have them. Sometimes we just like, no, man, let's mm -hmm. go have fun tonight, yeah. you know? Well, and, and you hear about it all the time, but it's, it's I, and I always used to think it was something that was just said to make you feel better, but really, if you miss a note, who even really notices? You know, no you. one knows your song that well. Just you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe like, one of your bands. No, who's who's yeah. just listening to just your part at just mm -hmm. that moment? Right. Yeah. Not many people, unless it's like your mom. <laughs> She's watching you over in the corner. In case I heard that note. <laughs> I mean, and like, you can definitely fuck up. I heard that note you missed. But you can fuck up a note and also save it, though, to oh, yeah. like afterwards. Like, it's not about like, yeah, it's not about how you come back from it. Yeah. yeah so like me and Mason, would do that shit live. Like, I hear him fuck up, he hear me fuck up, and we just, bam, woo! <laughs> just dive bomb. Just throw yeah. dive bomb and squeal it out, man. Yeah. Everyone's like, whoa! Yeah. That guy just did what? 
Because <laughs> a lot of people, you know, like, that's old 80s, 90s shit. Nobody mm-hmm. uses those anymore. So someone busts it out and it's clean. It's mm-hmm. like, was that the vocalist? <laughs> Is there two vocalists? Right. <laughs> Sometimes it's just such a high note, it pierces your ears and it's, it, it, that takes all distraction. Yeah. I mean, all, all eyes off everybody and just yep. distracts the shit out of you. Yep. And also, I mean, there's just, yeah, like, that's what I'm saying. Uh, the way you come back from it. So. Do you have a tell? Like, when you when you play a wrong note or something, do you, you know, make a face or do you... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. laugh at myself. I oh, think okay. we all do, yeah. even if we don't notice it. I, I stick my tongue out and look straight at the ceiling. <laughs> I will stick yeah, my it's... tongue out and laugh. I'll look down mm-hmm. and laugh. Yep. Yeah. Nice. What about you, Andy? Um, I usually just, like, look up and just, like... Motherfucker! I just did that. I either like <laughs> it was a four, not a five. Yeah. <laughs> I like look down to make sure I have my shit straight, so I'm not fucking up again. Usually, yeah. first and foremost, I look down <laughs> and I laugh at myself. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, shit! I gotta make it's sure like, I'm not oh, gonna. I need to pay attention now. Yeah, I can't keep doing that. I finally fucked up. I need to like just lock myself in and make sure I don't do it again. Go back to Chase 2.0 and stand still. <laughs> don't move a muscle until you hit this whole song run. Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was like Lakeland shows though sometimes. Like, who gives a fuck? Oh, dude, Lakeland run. shows. <laughs> crank it to 11 and have fun, bro. Yeah. yeah. Was like, I don't, I mean. No one gave a fuck. Do you think there I was ever so much. a Lakeland show where you guys did everything perfectly at all? Absolutely not. I think that was what was so perfect about yeah. Your band, like well, that's why everybody loved it. Is yeah, you didn't care either way. You were there. Yeah, to, we were there to entertain and two you eight know, by tens, be raw. Four four twelve, <laughs> hundred fifty watt heads on top, four hundred watt head on yours probably. Just cranking it, dime that bitch out. And there Zoom you go. I, I remember watching Kayla be so pissed drunk at uh, <laughs> the crickets. I think he strung open every. <laughs> <laughs> he stole open every string. It was no palm mute, and there was just bring ding 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 bring ding 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 ding. It's just like what the hell, bro? <laughs> oh man, I seen him just drop his guitar. Oh, we got another song left. <laughs> I seen uh, when We the People was going before Evolve Cherish became, but before We the People became Evolve Cherish when Cam Hudson was in the band, uh-huh. our last song. Was not our last song, <laughs> but Cam thought it was, so he just rips all of his strings off his guitar. <laughs> oh, shit. And I'm like, I'm just, I'm looking over at it, I'm like, what's he doing? Dude, what are you doing? And he goes, oh, dude, we got another song, Chase. He's all hammered, drunk. I think this is at Westside. Oh, and uh, West he ended up borrowing Spice's guitar, or Hensley's guitar. I oh, think. there you go. <laughs> yeah. I was about to say, well, that was our last song now. All right. right, who cares? <laughs> this song is called No Strings Attached <laughs> <laughs> by NC. Yeah. Oh, dude. That's a banger. Yeah, shit. That was, was like one of the first CDs I had. Yeah, I stole it from my sisters for sure. <laughs> yeah. I think Backstreet Boys feels like mine. I had that and like Backstreet Boys C for sure. Millennium was dope. <laughs> That's yeah. the only one I remember. So I I'm just gonna say that. It's only one no, worth remembering. Like the, silver, yeah. the silver fits on. Oh, man. So let's, boys. Oh, let's fast forward to t- today <laughs> and, uh, you know, the band that you guys are in now. Where, where did that start? I mean, when did you guys sort of decide to gr- group together and be in, in the same band? So I got an audition 
request from a former member, and he was just doing it by himself, pretty much. Um, a bunch of hired guns writing for him. And I stepped in with a bunch of other guys. I got offered the position after a music video. And um, we went from there. We tried a couple guys out, didn't work. Um, reverted back to Dustin and Caleb. And then that's kind of when everything just started popping off, you know. Getting a good solid group of guys, like Dustin was saying earlier, you know, it's very rare that you have everybody in a band that's like tight. You know what I'm saying? Um, sometimes you got to work on it. Sometimes, you know, personalities collide or whatever. And that's kind of where it started. Just everybody being friends, making music, and getting along, hanging out. Mm-hmm. So it was a quick transition. You guys kind of felt pretty comfortable with each other right away. Yeah, we had a we had a three-way conversation um, with Dustin. And at yeah. the time, we were still seeking out a bass player as well. So I was like, you know... Um, I was like, for the time being, you know, maybe we stick with a four-piece, you know? Maybe it'll work like that. I'll jump on bass some songs. You jump on bass, vice versa. Um, let's make some magic. And he's like, I'm game. So, and then fast forward to Ethan being on bass now, so. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. What were some of the goals you guys started out with when, you know, writing together or just kind of starting? Like, what, what did you guys see it becoming? Or want it to become, I guess, is maybe a better question. I mean, to have fun, write mm-hmm. good songs, enjoy, uh, have people enjoy songs like you enjoy your favorite band, you know. Uh, not being everybody's favorite band, you know, but someone's, you know. Mm-hmm. That's where I kind of seen it uh, going. And we've, we've, we've had some impressive numbers and whatnot. And I'm excited to see what the future holds on. So. Mm-hmm. What about you, Dustin? Yeah, honestly, um, I saw it as like a fun opportunity. Um, Caleb and I were very tight at the time. I had known Chase for a while, and then Nate had like borrowed my bass for like one of the last music videos for Thomas and stuff. So like, we had uh, been yes, in contact. I that. <laughs> yeah, and so I was like, yeah, I mean, like let's do it. Um, they were already working with Create Music Group at the time. We like dropped Takashi like six nine and shit like that. Like Marshmallow Takashi six nine. We were the first rock band to actually sign under their. Uh, publishing yeah just a publishing but they were uh pulling 30 percent off top so after Nate was, was you know, yeah like they were like all right i'm good on that you know like we also like it's a business at the same time you know oh like absolutely. We, we're putting in all this money to record you know to shoot a music video merch whatever it is you know the website so it's like we also just can't be pissing out money lots and right either like it's not like we're fucking rolling it in you know that's right. not how it works in the yeah yeah industry. we tried you know we we their cloud didn't work for us. You know, sometimes that, that is how it is. You know, mm-hmm. they had EDM and, um, if I can, mumble rap, mm-hmm. you know, backgrounds. And they liked what they heard from us. And we actually did get a, a little bite on a, a music, uh, what it was, a video game, right? And we haven't heard back from yeah. them. <laughs> Last time we talked to them, they were like, these things take time. We'll let you know when we get back. But they, right. they offered us a pretty good chunk of change for... Uh, exclusive rights to the song for two years, right? Is that what it was? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, yeah, they, were, yeah. they were shopping it out and stuff. So, like, Korea did definitely help us for sure. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they gave us an extra push, but at the end of the day, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's still out there, you know. Yeah, I mean, I feel like a lot of, like, like with the music industry and everything, it's a lot of little things that add up to the big things that happen in, in your music 
career, you know, like you get, it's not, not every day that you start a band and then, you know, three months later you have a whole record and then you're signed, you know, mm -hmm. it takes a lot of little baby steps to work your way up. It's honestly about who you know too. I yep. mean, like, yeah. or who you blow. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> Dustin, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, the whole it is who you know type thing. Yeah, that works in a sense, but you got to have it too, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. You can't just have a good album. You got to have it live. Yeah. You know, they're not going to throw you on a, a bus and invest in you or anything. You're not going to be at all. They're not going to invest you at all if you can't play your shit tight. So. Right. Yep. What sort of learning experience was that like for you to be working with them and to sort of have these opportunities come at, come at your way? Like, what did you guys learn in those moments? Um, I would say just, like, it's important to, like, have a lawyer and, like, that sort of stuff at this point, like, with contracts and all of that involved. Like, you you go into it, like, when I was younger, too, like, you know, you're, like, throwing deals and shit like that. It's like, but everyone gets excited when they hear, like, a record dealer, you know, whatever it is. Like, oh, my God, you think this is it. But, like, realistically, all they want to do is fucking make money. They don't give a shit about you. Right. So, like, that's all that really the music industry is at the end of the day is that it's still a business. And they see you as sort of a product rather than... Oh, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, they want to help saying, sell us because yeah. they, like, they know you can make money. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah. It's like no one's going to invest in last year's fashion. You know yep. what I'm saying? Yep. They have to, you know, younger guys are... Um, more on the market because they can milk you for 15, 20 years instead of 10 or 5. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You're so, pushing 30, Chase. You're getting old. 29, baby. Going mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I've been doing it for a while. Like I said, man, I just like having fun. You know, it's, uh, I am where I am today because of my guitar. It's not, you know, maybe I haven't made it in the biggest way, uh, but going on tour with Avatar, you know, having a full bus tour, that's, you know, that's making it in my eyes. I already yeah, made you're it doing lights and shit. That. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I work at a venue doing 300 shows a year, you know, like, mm -hmm. it's all because of my guitar. It's all because I stuck with something I really, truly believed in, you know, and I'd, I'd like to push that, you know. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter how hard it gets. It, it really is worth it in the end. If, as long as you believe in yourself, you know, it, it doesn't mean that, you know, what you're trying right now is definitely going to be what you're going to end up doing, but... I would have never seen myself doing lights, you know, for a venue and stuff like that. Even, you know, seven, eight years ago, you know, when I was first 20, 21, not even close. You know, I was cooking and I got a phone call one day and then I just seen an opportunity and I, I grasped it. I brought you all the way to China. Yeah, I went all the way to China. Yep. Nice. Before I seen Nashville. It was crazy. <laughs> I was like, yo, I've been all the way to Macau but in Hong Kong, but I've never seen Nashville, so I took a drive. <laughs> yeah, How I was mean, it? Which one? <laughs> Both, I guess. In China? Interesting. Yeah. It was a different diet, definitely. Um, sure. I was in a very, I guess, modernized part of China. Mm -hmm. It was the Las Vegas of China is where I was doing shows. And... Um, it was, uh, there was like, I live on Broadway, right? And mm -hmm. I stayed at the off, at the on Broadway, off Broadway <laughs> um, in China. Went all the way from Broadway to Broadway. And I just like, it was, it was pretty cool. Other than the, the jet lag, 17 and a half hour flight, that sucked. Mm. Felt like I was falling at random times. I'm like, whoa, do you guys feel that? <laughs> like, what the hell is wrong with you, man? <laughs> 
I don't know. <laughs> I was looking at my phone, and seeing earthquakes everywhere. I'm like, I think there's earthquakes around here. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was uh, China was cool. Um, there was a food festival um, oh, okay. right outside of my Broadway hotel and theater. So I got to try a lot of new things. Got to see a lot of old ruins and tombs. That would be stuff. cool. That was cool. And then uh, what was the other one? Nashville. Nashville. Nashville was awesome. Yeah. I've always wanted to go. I haven't been able to go myself. Uh, and then I went like two months later during COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> no music in any of the bars. It was like the first time in like... Ever? Since, like, the thir- <laughs> yes, like the <laughs> yeah. 30s or some shit. Yeah. Nashville has been quiet. People mm. were just ripping their bars apart, apart, just throwing everything. I was like, it's like a ghost town, dude. Wow. Just like, it looked like a hurricane hit. Right. Yeah. It was crazy. Mm. Well, I mean, a tornado went through there not that too was long right ago. After, yeah, that was, yeah, that was a couple, <laughs> couple months after I well, left or a month yeah. after. Nashville got hit pretty hard during the pandemic. I mean, they had a tornado and didn't the, like a bus explode or run into it. Like, did, a did, there was a, yeah. Um, yeah. Right out, I think it was right outside uh, Coyote Ugly. Mm. Um, there was a terrorist attack, I think. Mm-hmm. They and there was a bombing there like on Christmas too. I think mm-hmm. that's what we're talking about. Is it? Uh, okay. Was, I, I was driving through Nashville on Christmas. Like that night, I just passed through there like two hours before it happened. Wow. Really? Yeah, I was like hauling wow. horses down to the Tampa for my sister because like she trains horses mm. for a living. So I was just like, fuck it, I'm not doing anything. Right. You know, it's COVID. I was like, I'll go down to Florida for a week, like yeah, chill, why not? drink yeah. some beer at the horse show. Like not really my vibe, but <laughs> oh, I remember, bro. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> we took the governor off the golf cart and zipped that bitch around. Right. There you go. There I was go. having a good time. <laughs> I've never done that at a festival. <laughs> so in so do you I mean making it is sort of what you make of it Correct. in a way 100% so you you feel as though you've made it because it's led you to experiences and things in your life that you never really maybe thought were possible in a sense I think I made it uh, I think I, when I decided that I, I felt comfortable and that I, that I was happy with where I was at mm-hmm. is when somebody walked up to me and told me that I was their new favorite band, that my band was a new favorite band. And then a couple of years later, they posted the picture again. I was like, shout out to when I met my, uh, the members of my favorite band. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, you know, like I always set out to be like, you know, I just want to write music and play music, like I said earlier, and, and someone to appreciate it and respect it and love it. Like I did some of my favorite songs and maybe just get through someone, uh, get people through some tough times, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, when that happened, I was like, wow, you know, like, that was it to me. Like, and I did a lot more, a lot of more things after that, but uh, that was pretty much where I was like, yeah, dude, this is, uh, this is rad. <laughs> you know, I feel like I actually helped somebody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, how about you, Dustin? What do you think making it is? Uh, that's like a loose term, I guess, for like everybody, you know, making it as different um, to everyone. Uh, for me, like, I guess I I feel like I have done well for myself in like different aspects for sure. Um, but I guess I don't feel like I've made it necessarily yet. But I've always like had high expectations and like I always feel like I never have enough, you know. But I also think that's kind of what drives me to like keep pushing and like continuing to do good things. So So I guess, yeah, to restate, it wasn't making it. It was, I live my dream. That was my dream, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, making it. Yeah. I have in some way or some way or another, you know, Mm -hmm. it's, it's been a ride, man. Starting from just 
you know, wrapping cables to pushing stuff to hmm. filling in for sick people and lights, and then boom, here I am. Mm-hmm. So it just takes one opportunity to the next. Yeah, you don't know? say no, man. If you, you know, don't get nervous. Like, everybody expects you to do bad your first time at anything. Yeah. Right? So if you have an opportunity to do it, mm-hmm. see if you like it. Yeah. Because everybody yeah. expects you to do bad. Yeah. And if you do good, then you might find your career like I did. Yeah. I was training in audio for the intersection. Uh, and Ian, who was training me, turned around and he goes, you ever, you ever done this before? I'm like, nah. <laughs> I like made some blinky in, uh, <laughs> in high school for, so, what was it, coffee shop, mm-hmm. the theater class. And he was, I was like, other than that, no, man, I just turned, I flipped faders. Yeah. He's like, well, you got rhythm. You kind of know what you want to see. And I was like, thanks, man. And then he turned around and told me again. I was like, well, the guy training me is telling me this and telling me that I should probably pursue this. Mm-hmm. You know, and I got a good ear. Yeah. So it was it was him taking out of his own pocket. Yeah. You know, just to tell me what he thought. And it, it's a lot more fun. You don't have to sit there and wait for something to go wrong. Right. You're a part of it. Yep. You know, actively, you know, and that's the cool thing about being a house guy. Mm-hmm. 300 shows, 300 different shows, at least 300 different acts you have to do mm-hmm. each year. Mm-hmm. And just off the rip, you know, just, I have no idea. I've never heard any of your songs before. Let's go. <laughs> and you learn a lot, yeah. a lot of stuff that a lot of people, you know, they, they go to school and they learn all these things about computers and they take these MA classes and they go out on tour mm-hmm. and they become badasses. But they don't have any of the experience that I have. Right. Granted, I don't have the experience they have. Right. But mine is like I'm on tour, but I get to go home every night. Yeah. And it's a different show every day. It's not monotonous. Mm-hmm. It's not boring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at that point, just time code it and don't do shit. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Well, on a tour, if it's the same thing every single night, it's a time code. You know, most of the time. So there's a lot of live guys, but, you know, most of the time, it's just cheaper than paying a guy every night. Let me yeah. listen to your, you know, eight counts and press go. Yeah. So, well, I mean, I feel like... No, you know, they have to... They're still a guy most of the time. Yeah, but... If bands want to do it this, on their own... Then that's a lot to worry about. Oh yeah, for sure. Because <laughs> backtracks are mostly the only thing I ever see go wrong. So if your backtracks go wrong your and your lighting keeps going, <laughs> that's what happens. I've yeah, seen it. and uh, it doesn't work out very good no. for, for anybody. It's like, well, we have to start this whole set over, or we just let the lights do their thing. And then there's like lights going, and while they're talking, boom, flash, flash, oh, color change, boom, boom, boom. They're like, well, I don't know what the fuck these lights are doing, but this song's called Masters. Mm-hmm. So I'm just <laughs> <laughs> That's got to be like, just like embarrassing. Like I would feel like super weird if like something like that happened to a band I was in. You know, like yeah. it'd be like, <laughs> it, it just kind of goes back to earlier when we were talking about how we'd like miss a note and no one would know. But in that instance, everybody knows that <laughs> something went wrong. Yeah. I had that. And you fucked up somewhere and all these lights are just going. You're not playing anything. I won't say the band, but that happened when we played the machine shop in Flint mm-hmm. one time. And uh, they started, I don't know if it was the first song or it was the third song. It doesn't matter. They started it three or four times. They were the headliner. And the vocalist was drunk and he didn't know how to handle the situation. So he just turned around and yelled at his drummer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's the right answer. And he's just, the, the drummer's looking there. And I, 
I'm friends with all these guys. And I'm just watching the drummer, and he's looking at me. He's like, okay, buzz, well, all right, do it again. Do it again. All fucked up. It was actually the vocalist the whole time. He was just too drunk. Yeah. And he didn't come on in that time. <laughs> so everybody else wasn't coming in that yeah. time. Um, but yeah, that was a great show. It was awesome. awesome. They still killed it. Yeah. You know, we just got a little bit longer of a show. Yeah. <laughs> so for you, it's a lot about seizing the opportunity when it comes and sort of having the ability to believe in yourself, even if you're, if you don't know what's going to happen or if you don't, maybe you're not good at it yet. You got to be bad to be good mm -hmm. eventually. Yeah. You have, you have to make mistakes. Mm -hmm. And I, I love making mistakes because usually I don't make the mistake again, mm -hmm. you know? Um, obviously that it does happen, you know, there are freak accidents, but you know, usually you learn your lesson. Mm -hmm. So now I want to, Dustin, you made a point. I kind of want to bring back to it just for a second. You know, when you say, um, like you haven't, you don't consider that you haven't made it yet or that you, you're always kind of striving for more. Like, do you think that that mentality, like, do you find yourself finding good and bad with that sort of like, it's good because it might you know, inspire you to be better, to work on it or hone your craft, sort of. But there's also a deterrent to that where if you think that way and nothing is ever, like, good enough, I mean, that can sort of slow you down in a process. Do you feel like that that up and down with that mindset sort of sometimes? Yeah, definitely. I feel like I'm very analytical sometimes. Like, I'll sit there and then I'll think about it and then you can get caught in your own head in that cycle too. And, like, we were talking about earlier, like sometimes it just has to be like, all right, I'm done with this. And like, that's what it is, you know? And like, mm -hmm. it is good enough. Like, I just got to say that and like, move the fuck on. Because mm -hmm. you, you have to keep pushing with it, you know? And like, if you don't keep like creating and driving forward, like, what are you going to have, you know? Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, you get caught up on one thing, get stale mm -hmm. or boring, you know? And yeah, we were just talking about it. We've got this chorus that we really like. And, uh, We've just been trying to piggyback it to other songs. And it's like, man, let's just wait till something comes. You know, it's mm -hmm. like, so let's stop trying to write around this chorus. Yeah, we like this chorus. Put it off, you know, put it in the pocket. And let's just start fresh. And I mean, it will come. And if it doesn't, who cares? It's mm -hmm. chorus, one chorus. Yeah, that's you know, one get, thing that I like about writing. Um, <clears throat> especially like one thing that I like to do is just like sit at the computer with, you know, a handful of dudes and just, you know, kind of fuck around and just make parts and then you can just be like all right that's badass but it doesn't really go with what we got going on so then you you know kind of track it lay it down you just you set save it aside. pieces yeah save pieces yeah, yeah and be like oh remember that one that one part that we wanted let's try that here yeah we got yeah. a vault for sure <laughs> yeah <laughs> i try to like riff farm sometimes too of like ideas that are in like the same key and like the same tempo and just like record a bunch of things and yeah. then like piece those together sometimes too because like Sometimes I will have a good idea and then I'm like, oh shit, I'll put it down. But like Danny was saying earlier, like sometimes it's hard to finish one thing. And then like I have 15 half finished songs, but I don't have anything released. Right. So it's, I mean, that's not as bad as like being super stoked on something, finishing the whole song, waking up the next morning and being like, this fucking sucks. <laughs> Why yeah. did I like this? Yeah. Who, who was recording this? Yeah. Me? You know? <laughs> yeah. But that that's the worst. When you're like super stoked, you wake up the next morning, you're like, and it's not, you don't even got to be intoxicated, nothing. Yeah. You just be like high on the fact you like this, you yeah. know? Mm -hmm. I, I did that the other day sober and I thought I was going to hate it again. I was like, all right, it was definitely better than I thought it was going to be like the second <laughs> time through. 
Cause like, I don't know. I like try to just give my ears a rest too. After like listening to the same loop or whatever I'm like working on, mm-hmm. you know, like the same song for four hours at a time. I'm like, all right, I don't want to hear it again. I'm yeah. Not here, like 24 hours. Yeah. When I was good. doing a lot of like mixing stuff and I would, I would spend hours and hours mixing one song and I'd be like, all right, this thing's hitting good. And, uh, you know, bounce it down, you know, save it to like my Dropbox or whatever so I can, you know, go take it in the car or listen to it at work and whatnot. And the next day I start listening to it like in the car or at work and be like, this is awful. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but it just sucks. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you just you just overthink everything and you just like, oh, just just need to make it a little bit better and it just, you just end up making it worse. Yeah, yeah. No, you dig yourself in the wall. Yeah. yeah. Your fatigue is real, and you always think louder sounds better. Yeah. <laughs> it's just how it goes. Yeah. It's See, not true. I think, yes, louder sounds better, but not not before you bounce it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Like, it needs, I want to crank the shit after I've mixed it down. Yeah. You know, I want to hear exactly what's going on. How loud is my bass? Really fucking stupid loud. Oh, dude, I know it's always loud, man. I was, kind of, I was like, damn. Well, sometimes I just don't. <laughs> I don't put the headphones on. If I'm just gonna resend the mix, I'll just boom, boom, copy, paste, and send it. You know, uh-huh. like if you guys only want half of or just this one part or something like that, I'm just like, I don't yeah. EQ nothing. Right, it's just a demo for it. <laughs> yeah, I've done that too. Like I like literally plugged in. I was like, all right, this tone kind of sucks, but I'm in a rush right now. I just want to get this down. So yeah. I'm like, fuck it. Yeah, I'm like, hey, hey, D, did you put anything on that? He's like, nah, it's dry. <laughs> uh, like no shit. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, all right, I have like three minutes to do this. So I was like, had to be somewhere. So I was like, but I have this idea, and it's yep. just like I don't want to forget. So. Hell yeah. See, I don't want to listen to it at all. Like, if I do something like that, I won't even listen to my own shit. Mm-hmm. I'll just be like, nope. I need to have, like, some somewhat of a tone that I like. You know what I'm saying? Or it's not appeasing. Yeah. You know? It doesn't sound like what it's going to sound like, even close. So, yeah, that's kind of where I am with that. Yeah, it's hard, though, too, because, like, I don't know. Like, if I have an idea in my head, like, you don't know that idea. Yeah, oh, no, so you don't want to make sense. Like, it's like texting. Yeah. It's like whatever, whatever you hear in your head, that's how it comes out. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Now, let's talk a little bit about what the future looks like for Timeless. Like, what are your goals, you know, coming out? It seems like we're kind of narrowing down on this pandemic and things are getting a little bit back to normal. You're seeing these tours being announced. You're seeing these shows, festivals, things like that. What are some of your goals coming out of the pandemic into this post-pandemic new normal that we're about to go into. I want to be more rich than Elon Musk. Well, they're not going to do that. Every year, I want to be more rich than Elon Musk. (laughs) Yeah, you need to find a new job. Well, I kind of, maybe not. Maybe he needs someone to do lights for him. Maybe I need someone to do lights while I tell them how to do lights. I'm just kidding. And you need to do that like 15 times a day, every day. Yeah, I know. So you just need to like, you just need to clone yourself, really. That's okay, I can do that. Yeah. As soon as I'm as rich as Elon Musk. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so we were just, uh, we just booked a, a studio uh, to record our, our, what, our, our full length. Where we're going to do a full length EP. Where we're going to do an EP and then come back for the other five songs. That's what it was. Um, but I ruined that because I got the, <laughs> I got the um, Avatar gig. So I got to leave. So the future is go in and record a bunch of songs. 
I say. <laughs> yeah, Chase is, I get back. Yeah, you're hitting the road for two months, and then Joe's going to pop up, baby. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, so let's be clear. Joe's just... not going to be popping up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I always fair. feel like it's fair to say that when yeah. when people say that whoever yeah. you know Jill's is the father. Brewing this yeah, for yeah. A while, he, so. he played a part, but he's not going to be the one popping no, up. No, no, no. Just I know all fairness to any mother he, that might no, be listening out there. He popped it in. She's going to pop it out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's a fact. So no, we're super stoked for him, for sure. So we were like trying to push to get to, into the studio before the baby came, you know, because obviously right. we knew like you're going to have to spend time at home with the family. Oh, hell yeah. So. And then I texted everybody and said, hey, guys, can't do it no more. Not yet. Wah. So, yeah. So we're going to, we're definitely trying to hop on some shows too once Chase is back and like Joe gets settled with the baby. It's only um, October 18th. That's my, that's the last day of tour, so. Yeah. Baby's due around September, I know. So. Right. Uh, I'm, I'm, no, he's October. Is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's October. <laughs> I already got a uh, baby gift planned, so. So it seems like all you guys in the band kind of have, like, a lot going on. Like, y'all have, like, multiple bands or multiple things kind of going on. Like, what is that like juggling all of that? It's it's pretty easy as, as long as everybody does their own job. Mm-hmm. You know, um, <laughs> babysitting takes time. You know, mm-hmm. So, as long as everybody knows what they need to do and and attacks it and gets it done on a timely matter, then I mean it's pretty it's pretty simple. I mean it does get, get difficult, especially you know Dustin. <laughs> he works a lot, a lot, a lot. So um, I'm sure it's harder for him. But uh, in the meantime, it kind of works. You know, I work in music, so if I have some hours off, I'm like, hey, can I go split out for a band practice? Mm-hmm. Like, sure, everything good. Yep, everything's good. So clock yeah. out, split, go to Dustin's, have a band practice, go back to work, oh, enjoy yeah. a few shows. It's convenient. I live like what a mile and a half from the intersection of Riverside. Yeah, it's like seven minute drive, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that's nice. Well, yeah, for you, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's pretty busy. Like, Dead Flower's been laying pretty low. Uh, we're going to be playing a show soon. Just can't say anything about that yet. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited for that just for the summer. Going to be super small, like low key, you know, but just excited to get back and actually do it because it's been like way too long right. just starting yeah. to do yeah. it yeah how does it feel to have shows on the calendar like what does that feel like for you i just booked the first show for one of my bands and i can't even explain the feeling that yeah i'm ecstatic i'm yeah. like a, a kidney candy so i might be this is gonna be great i don't even remember what this feels like i mean i do you know but it's been so long right so yeah i mean that was like my life mm-hmm. so like i'm just gonna seem Seems normal now. Seems back to normal. I'm super excited. But um, yeah, I mean, I guess I was just kind of, I've been preparing myself for this moment, being, kind of being inside, you know, when things are going to start to pop off. You know, uh, Scott Hammondtree, the talent buyer and um, owner of the intersection, he's been really hard into Neva. So we kind of, like, in a sense, had a, a backdoor knowing what was going on how these grants were doing, um, what our governor's plan was. So I've been preparing to come back for sure. And things have slowly started to pick up. People started booking shows, but yeah, man, just the, the normality of everything is it's nice to see, you know, and I'm stoked for everybody else too that, you know, who would have thought that music was the first to go and last to come back? 
Mm-hmm. Right. I would have never thought that when I picked this career. Yeah. Ever. Like, how, I thought, I, people are always going to want music. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How did you How did you go through the pandemic? Because like everything that you do revolves <laughs> around music. So, so how did you like have to pivot? Did you just like you said that you're kind of prepared, but were you prepared for this? No, uh, <laughs> not even not even close. So it was more or less like sweet we're gonna get like a week or two vacation <laughs> you know after doing a few hundred shows you're like yeah. hell yeah little did we know yeah. yeah so we're like okay and then we are all we're all in contact with each other making jokes with our group chats sending each other stupid drunk videos at 2 a.m yep. like hey you make a video to this song and like <laughs> there was just some shit going on everybody's everybody was like this is when like the entire nation was in their house yeah right? i didn't see anybody but you know the people in my house for I don't know, three weeks, something like that. Right. Yeah, yeah. I had, like, a couple friends over, but I, like, had the studio set up at home. So, like, for me, we were all first, it was cool. Like, I lost my job, like, at a restaurant. I was, like, a GM there. So, I was, like, cool. Like, now I actually have time to, like, focus on music. And so, like, that was cool for a while. I mean, and then we started Bloom Dem, mm-hmm. cable company. So, that was dope. A lot of fun. A lot of testing, a lot of hard work over the summer, but... Yeah, going I mean, well. Going, you know what? Uh, we were just like, yo, um, you know, we we're we were both off work. We're like, hey, mm-hmm. we want to make some cables, and they were like, you know, we could actually help a lot of people out around here mm-hmm. and make some cables cheaper than Mogami and Master, still give them the same quality. You right. know, help out the the small guys. You know, mm-hmm. who wants to dump one hundred twenty dollars um, out of their paycheck into a single cable? You know what I'm saying? I mean, I have one of those cables laying around somewhere <laughs> that's, around here. That's like, what I'm saying, yeah. It's so, like, a, like a 25, 30-foot cable, and I paid like $100 for it, and it hurt a little bit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. But I'm like, oh, you know, it's an investment. Exactly. So, like, when we, we, we started out, you know, we did a initial run, correct, and then we handed out, Dustin handed out a couple cables, I handed out a couple cables, mm-hmm. and we had them try them out. They sounded good. Uh, we upgraded our components, mm-hmm. and then we went a step further after we finalized on our, I think it was three three trial runs before we even announced the company. Uh, we went a step further with uh, the triple coat uh, corrosion defense system. So, yeah, so in my eyes, we offer a better product than Monster or Mogami. Mm-hmm. Um, it's up to you to decide if they sound better or not, but right. uh, definitely uh, equal quality if anything. Right. Yeah. I mean, I've side-by-sided like a regular like shitty cable I've had to like a monster like gold or whatever Mogami like when I first got them. Yeah. And I was like, all right, like I noticed the difference. So I was like, all right, I'm going to try like our cable next to that. And like very, very like the quality was on point. So I was excited about that. I think it's a little, you know, a little bit more of a warm tone to them than Mogami. I don't know if it's because of all the, you know, the insulation that we have and stuff around our our, um, solder points, but yeah, I think it's more of a warm tone, you know? Hell yeah. Just like, it's better. Yeah. You know? Kind of like, uh, with, what what would you call it? Like, with or without a, a hush pedal. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Hell like, yeah. You want it to take off a little bit, but... Yeah. You know? What are what are some of the struggle, struggles you guys went through or some of the things you learned in the process of starting this business and getting things off the ground? Like, what... Or things that you kind of learned, maybe about yourselves, even in the process. I think. I mean, I always had a background in electric, and so did Dustin. I mean, we're we're both kind of handyman. Um, 
I don't know if I learned too much being an electrician, but taking those skills and using them um, into something completely different, you know, like starting a, a DMX and uh, XLR company, mm-hmm. it's it's pretty up in the air, you know. You can do so many different things. Everybody has their own thing to do. Uh, that's why we took it a step farther. If you have to believe, you have to believe in your own product. You know, I feel like to actually truly sell it and to feel like you're giving someone a good deal um, at the same time is great. You know, so pretty much just uh, figuring out how we were going to market things, package things. We kind of monopolized the whole packaging situation too. So, I mean, I didn't, like I said, I didn't learn too much from it other than uh, kind of opens your eyes to what people use more often, you know, what sizes mm. people use more often and stuff like that. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I just like, I've hit Saturn before, like my dad taught me how when I was younger because my dad can like fix anything. So I was like, eh, like it, I don't mind it. You know, it's cool. And like, it just started off as a project. So like, Hey, we need some c- cables. Like I'm going to redo my old pedal board and everything, but I didn't want to go out and spend all the money, especially over quarantine, you know? Right. So I was like, well, we can just build them. And then, like, hey, this is actually like kind of fun. Like, mm-hmm. there's a potential here. So, yeah, yeah, it was it was more or less just like, hey, man, I'm gonna I'm gonna build some cables. Do you want to build some cables? <laughs> He's like, yeah, sure. And then we we bought it, and we figured, hey, man, you know, make a little bit and help a lot. Yeah, so. I mean, I mean, you guys graciously kind of hooked us up with some some nice cables, and yeah, of course. Um, <clears throat> You know, you guys were running a sale and everything. And when you sent over the invoice, I was like, wow, these are actually like really affordable compared to what you guys are comparing them to. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, shit. I mean, you guys are, it's almost like half the price. Yeah. You know, well, and that's the thing too. Like, I'm not trying to make a killing and become the richest man in the world. Right. You know, like, it's like, yo, like we love music and that's why it's like, you know, by musicians for musicians. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's bullshit that people that are packing $3,500 worth of gear into a $1,000 car, yeah, you know, are paying a hundred and some dollars per cable. And well, some, of, some of the time it's like, you have to, you have to jump through hoops just to get, an, you know, the lifetime warranty or whatever. Yeah. You know, us, we're like, yo, we got your product number, you know, yeah, you have a problem, send it back. We we'll get a brand new one. So yeah. yeah, I mean, those companies have you know millions of dollars too. So it's like, do they really need any more money? Also, like, right? Yeah, you know, uh, you know, for us starting off and knowing what we could sell them for and still sell them cheaper, other than the big guys, I mean, it just shows that we actually are out here not absolutely not to make a killing, yeah. just to help and you know spread knowledge. Yeah, you know? I mean, I, I'm I'm in the same boat. I do a lot of like video stuff for for people and. Like, I don't ever, like, I, you guys know Jesse Lawson. Yeah. Like, I did a lyric video for him, and I didn't, I didn't ask for any money or anything. You know, I just wanted to help him out. Right, right. You know, That's so. Awesome, dude. yeah. And then I'm doing, like, cover videos for people, and then I got people hitting me up for, you know, like, playthrough videos and stuff like that. And I'm like, dude, just throw me what you think is, is cool, you know? Like, I'm not doing this to, like, I'd like to make money. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not here to, you know, get a profit off everybody. I'm here because, you know, I grew up in the music scene and doing all the music and stuff. And I know the struggles of what everything costs and how hard it is to to get the things to kind of stay relevant as a band. And, you yeah. know, and that's the tough thing. We don't make no money playing music, really. So, right. And that's like with where Timeless is at, too. It's like we almost have to have like, 
put the money into these productions to like make sure like it is a good mix. You know, it's like yeah. when you're pulling numbers and like some like not huge, obviously by any means, but like it's doing okay. Like you want to just like make sure you're releasing like top quality shit. So it's yeah, it's a tough game always. Yeah, and I mean, like for you guys, like everybody in your band kind of does something in a way, you know, like you guys make cables. And, you know, you guys have other connections and stuff. And then... Um, Dustin's audio, I'm lighting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Nikki kills it with, like, all the design yeah, work. Yep, yeah, yeah, that's what yeah, I was going to bring up got, next. He's got badass uh, visions for music videos and stuff like that. Yeah. He's pretty much like, hey, Chase, what can those lights do? So I tell him, he's like, yo, this would be sick right here. Yeah. It's like, it's like that fast, you know? Yeah. It's like, hell yeah. yeah. It's nice to... to you know, not just have to show up and be like, I hope this looks cool to everybody else. <laughs> you know, to, to have someone's vision helps yeah, a lot. Absolutely. Because it's just a template. Yeah. It's a blueprint. Yep. You know, like, I can definitely do that for you. Yeah. yeah. But if, if you're just like, you know, just do your thing. I'm just like, my thing. Okay. Strobes. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that was like the butt on tape music video when I accidentally hit the strobes. Uh, I had to do lights for you yeah, yeah, when you were filming. He did, he did do lights for you. <laughs> I like cut the wrong shit. I was like, uh, I broke it, Chase. Like, you got him. We got to cut oh, this. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah, I did. It did take a minute. I don't know what he did. So. <laughs> I don't know it what It took I mean. me a minute to recreate the problem. <laughs> and I was just like pushing a bunch of things at once to recreate the problem. Uh-huh. I couldn't just like go through and one, two, everything and yeah. foot faders. So I was just like, boom, go, 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 go. Pushed everything up and pressed everything at once. And then it recreated the problem. So I'm like, okay, don't do that, Dustin. <laughs> I was like, sweet. No button mashing. You can mash the buttons. <laughs> just not flipping faders, mashing buttons. They might get confused. Yeah. <laughs> so what what's your goal or what would you like to see progress in you know the future with this company? What do you what do you guys hope to be able to accomplish within the next year or so? Let's say. Yeah, um, right now we're kind of focusing on packaging. Uh, we got like a cricket machine, so we can like cut that out. And like you, you know, we got the test run for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like a white suburban mom, but <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's fun. I learned how to design and that sort of thing too. So uh, trial and error with that. So just kind of putting that together. Um, if anyone needs floral stickers, Dustin and I can help you out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yeah, we can yeah do everything now. It's, it's pretty cool. Cricket machine's dope. But uh, yeah, just really progressing forward with that. Um, getting some more products on there too. We like introduced DMX cables after like we had already put up the quarter inch and the XLRs. So All the new no pop. Yeah, inch. we got like yeah the no pops too. The silent connectors. So after that, uh, we got some other stuff in the works. So that'll be exciting. Some new cables. Different types. It's just like kind of to, to slightly step on Monster or Mogami's toes a little <laughs> bit. Just take a little bit of their sales, and mm-hmm. you know, you know, to them, they have constant. I'm sure they have people constantly looking out for that kind of thing. Like, hey, right. who's putting deals on? Who's doing what? You know, just to get some notoriety like that would be awesome. Yeah. You know, just to just be like, yeah, who are these fucking Midwesterners? taking our uh, customers. <laughs> yeah. I think the biggest thing too is like the music industry is coming back now. And so like we knew when we were putting money into this over COVID that it wasn't going to come back right away. Like obviously the whole industry shut down. I had someone there like, what are you doing? Like there's no music industry. And I'm like, yes, I understand that. Someone told but, me that too. They're like, well, that's a good idea. Not the best time to start a cable company though. I'm like, yeah, it kind of is though because I get ready for the rush. Yeah. Yeah. You 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 kind of iron out all the all the kinks and you know, you guys figure out all the problems and everything before everyone's like, "Oh shit. 
we need cables because now, you know, there's so many tours and stuff going on. So that was the thing. Like some of our first orders, like we had Gino, like one of your buddies from the intersection. Yeah, stage manager at the intersection. We had um, Go him a drum uh, whip. Well, that was Wes. Oh, yeah, that was Wes. Wes, Wes right. He's a front of house engineer for Biomassive. Um, yeah, we built him the drum whip. Gino has his own custom cables that we build for him. He likes his own custom lengths. I'm not going to tell anybody. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, um, yeah, that Jim Hawking from For the Fallen Dream. Yeah, yeah. He was like, our first customer, actually. I said the day we dropped it. Boom. Yeah. Bye. Nice. Yeah. yeah, the homie coming in, you know, supporting. Respect. Hell yeah. yeah I'm going to have so. to get myself some quarter-inch cables, too. Oh, yeah. I'll tell you what, man. I'll never play another one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think Honestly. the big thing, too, with that coming back, like Chase working at a venue, too. Like, oh, yeah. we're, we're stashing some cables in his uh, Jeep at all times. So, you know, <laughs> oh, your cable's broken. Well, here, you know, test this one out. Like, well, that there's sort of so thing. many, you know, times that a band needs something and we, you know, they don't have time to run, you know, even though Guitar Center is six, seven miles away from the intersection, right. they don't have time to go wait in traffic, call an Uber, go right. get what they need. You and know. hope that they even have it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so a lot of the time it's just going to be like, "Hey, man," you know, or it it's just it's just good to have. Yeah, you know, someone who's like, "Oh, I need a mic cable," and because we have four venues in the intersection, mm -hmm. you know, all of a sudden someone needs a mic cable. We have all the other ones are being used in all the other rooms. Yeah, I go grab them at twenty five. They're like, "Wow, this sounds great," you know, something yeah. like that. You know, it's um, having the clout or not the clout with the clientele. Uh, is definitely why we decided to pursue it mm -hmm. more or less and invest so much into it and do it right. You know, yeah. it wasn't just a, um, a personal thing anymore for us. It was like, hey, we need to put out good products and you never know who's going to want one. Right. You know, so um, every single cable is made exactly the same way, handcrafted by us who would be honored to play it as well. So. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah. So I think we're going to do a little bit of a lightning round here. I'll just fire some questions off at you guys, and then we'll do the closer, and then we'll wrap it up. Does that sound to you guys? I like Let's do it. Cool. <laughs> All right. I want to hear one memory or one highlight of your time in music that sticks out for you that's your go-to story if people ask the same question I'm asking you guys right now. When Sebastian Bach pulled the microphone down and was like, now that's how you fucking do lights when you're not staring at your phone all night. That was the first time I got to do lights for Sebastian Bach. And uh, he's my favorite vocalist, so that was huge. <laughs> and I got to do it again about a year later. And yeah, that was that was huge. That, that always comes to my mind when people ask me that question. Yeah. I think one of like my defining moments was probably like playing with Hawthorne Heights. Like that was like big at the time because I was like 18 and like I don't know, I remember like watching them on MTV, you know, mm -hmm. like when I was younger. So like that was really cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Opening up for Trivium was the biggest thing I've ever done, I think, even though it's not big to everybody else. It's yeah. like I've been obsessed with Trivium since like I was like 15, so. Yeah, when I was Dude, when they accepted us, they were like, yeah, I don't know if they're going to accept you. We sent them like 20 bands and they haven't accepted anybody yet, so pretty much they're going to get what they get. And then they're like, hey, they accepted you. I was like, no way. Yeah. Trivium I, likes my shit. I remember, <laughs> I remember seeing that, like, you post on, like, Facebook or well, whatever. We were kind of like on a break, if you will. Yeah. Um, and I, I had the guys up, I'm like, yo. You guys were all open up for Trivium. <laughs> dude. You were going to make never, that happen. Dude, you Either way. Oh, no. No matter what, if I had to find a bunch of new guys, it yeah. was happening. But no, everybody, you, man, so many people just don't understand how 
nice it is just for everyone who texts back right at the same time. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. It's like, hell yeah, I can fire back. Um, awesome. But yeah. What's one thing that you hope people, or like a mindset that you hope people come out of the pandemic with when they are either going to a live show or going into playing a show? Like what's one thing you hope that people change about the way they may have looked at it before the pandemic? Uh, be respectful to the people that are working. Yeah. No cop tickets. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's a new rule going around. I was, I was paid to say it. I'm just kidding. Uh, I'd say don't take anything for granted. You know, like I said, I never would have thought that my career uh, would have ever, had, you know, something like this ever would have happened. It was like one day you're setting up advances for the next day and you're like, I don't know if they're going to come anymore. And then all of a sudden it's like, I don't know if we have shows anymore for the next mm -hmm. month. Mm -hmm. Oh, now we don't have shows for six months. It's been a year. It's been 12 months, 14 months, 16 months. It's like, wow, dude. It just keeps going. So, yeah, don't take nothing for granted. You never know what you got until it's gone. Yeah. Now, I've been asking this on all the episodes. So, uh, this is a fun one. You guys get to pick a lineup. I guess we can do two separate ones, or you guys can sort of tag team it, but timeless, <laughs> they're the headline. You get to pick the venue and three other bands. They could be any band that you've played with or, you know, worked hard. with throughout your careers in music. What, what's the lineup and where are you playing? Well, I thought we were actually pretty good, a good mix when we had Nate in the band. I thought we were a good mix for Wayland, but that probably is not a thing anymore. We're a little bit more, uh, what would you say, Main Street pop? I don't think he's definitely got like a different voice for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not quite as Chad Kroger. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, I'd say asking Alexandria. I'll start with that. If they would be direct support, I'd be honored. <laughs> what about you? Um, that is a tough question. I would say like Bring Me the Horizon or something. Just go like, mm -hmm. I definitely think they're so. I, it is kind of a little bit different, but they're like, I don't know, they got some sick shit. Can they well, be I passed mean, it, away? It, it can be any. I mean, they don't have to like match up with you. I mean, if you played with Snoop Dogg, you say, I want Snoop Dogg. No, I, I would love Snoop Dogg. Actually, uh, <laughs> we'd have to tell that person. Snoop Dogg, what about? What do you say? Um, so Snoop Dogg, there's this photo of Snoop Dogg next to. Uh, Josh, who's wearing a dead flower shirt, and my face is on it. So I was like, Snoop Dogg saw my face. So I guess I might have made it. Oh, there, yeah. you go. there you go. <laughs> I know someone who smoked with Snoop Dogg. Yeah, there Dude. you go. So I might have made it. Same. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, so Bring Me the Horizon, Asking Alexandria. Where would I want to play? I don't even know. Like, uh, Madison Square Garden. I don't know. You, you played at Madison Square Garden? Oh, you said when you played? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, they played. Sorry, they I, played. I, was I mean, I'll go intersection all day, but I like to do the rocks a lot outside. You know, like Aston Alexandria, Bring Me the Horizon Timeless show for like 2,400 outside. Screaming crazy mm -hmm. motherfuckers. Sounds hot and sweaty. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Sounds like the pit's gonna hurt. Mm -hmm. I just want to see the, I want to see the kind of people that throw down for Timeless in their pits. <laughs> dude, <laughs> I want to see some like, American Eagle button up where motherfuckers just nah. right next to the full tatted motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> Throwing bows. I'm, <laughs> I'm wearing an American Eagle button up for the show. Dude, it's like August Burns Red all over again. Dude, meets the flip flops. Dude, those <laughs> guys. Man, 
I love those guys. They're still killing it too. Yeah, I mean, my my last bass that I got is a Dustin Davidson signature. Oh, really? Oh, really? Nice. Oh, yeah. I don't have any signatures anymore. Just mine. I got a <laughs> a, a Brian Welsh signature seven string. Really? Mm-hmm. I saw that seven string over there. Did I already touch your bass because I walked in and I was yeah, like, can you slap the mask? I don't even slap it. It was just, it was very gentle touch. You know, I caressed it. Lightning round. No. <laughs> it's yes. not well, lightning round. Well, yeah, that it tends to just sort of be a mini version of what the entire podcast is. It's like four questions over the course of like I mean, a half hour. If you think <laughs> about it, okay. it is, I mean, it's it's still lightning round, even though it's not fast. I mean, mm. lightning kind of goes goes and like just I got it right here, bro. It's way out, mm. you know, and that just kind of <laughs> that just happens sometimes. Sometimes it's a quick answer, it's just bright and just gone, and then sometimes it just goes and just spreads everywhere, mm. and we just kind of get lost. <laughs> yeah, let's <laughs> go off on a tangent. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'll ask one more question and then uh, we'll wrap it up. So what's What's a memory with Timeless that sort of is your favorite part of having been in the band? Or what's something that you think about where you're like, oh, that, that's probably the, the best time I've had? I'd say when Ethan was, uh, uh, came over to audition and um, he played a couple of riffs that he had holding on in his back pocket. And we all, you know, we listened to him. We're like, hell yeah. We're, you know, like, that's when you know as a band, you guys asked a question earlier um, about a song. How do you know, you know, that you like this or whatever? As a band, when every you look around the room and everybody's smiling, mm-hmm. you know it's that's probably going to be the next one, you know? So. Hell yeah. I would say the Stay Alive music video shoot. That was hype. <laughs> that was a fun <laughs> time. Um, specifically on the rooftop, when we were sh- Shooting it, we were like right uh, downtown Grand Rapids off Monroe, like next to the river. We were on uh, top like, of City Built Brewing. Yeah, but it's like apartments too. And so, and then <laughs> we're shooting there. Yeah, we're shooting this at what? It's like a Sunday night or something. Dude, it was late. A weeknight, weekday, Thursday night. I don't know. It was a night we shouldn't have been shooting it. You know, we didn't we didn't get approved from anyone in the building. Someone like worked somewhere around there and had a key. Someone that worked at us, the brewery. And that, you're not on the roof. Oh shit! <laughs> but uh, yeah, someone. So yeah, we got up on the roof. His and name was Jane. Yeah. <laughs> we had just like some people came up because they were like interested and like stoked on it and. uh one of our buddies had a drone up there, like filming it too, and uh, other people just came up bitching also. And then they watched it. <laughs> yeah. And then they came up a second time. We're like, "Can we just watch?" We're like, "Yeah, you can watch." <laughs> <laughs> then the cops were called, and we were out of there before they showed up. So we oh. did our part. Okay. <laughs> Very nice. We didn't like pack up either. Like they're like, "Hey, just so you know, cops are coming." We're like, "Okay, tight." We're already like halfway loaded up. Like, all right, everybody, move this shit down. And one, let's go. Yep. Wait, dude, we were like three floors down on power, too. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> we did, uh, that was the best part. There was a bunch of like uh, outlets up on the roof, uh-huh. and none of them like were actually like turned on or whatever. Yeah. I don't know where oh, this was. Shit. And so I, we threw the extension cord down this like the building, or did we run no. it down the stairwell? Because we ran it down the stairwell. First, we were going to run it out the building into a window. Oh, yeah. And then as we were walking down the stairwell, like, well, here's one. <laughs> so yeah, about three floors down the stairwell, we ran an all 150 foot extension cord. Wow, we, we had to have lights up there, you know. Like it was at night, we were filming it, so it was dope. It I was cold. Been. It was like 
I had my jacket on the whole time. Wasn't yeah. sweating. No, my, I remember like, you know, it sucks playing guitar when your hands are cold because they just like, yeah. you don't have the dexterity. Oh, yeah. I was like, fuck this. And I had, this is, I had just joined the band. Like I had three days to learn this song or something. I'm like, all right, we're going to shoot a video. I was like, all right. Good old Nate. <laughs> I was like, Let, let's do it. Like, yeah. That's, that's when you know you got some badasses too. Mm -hmm. You know, like they delivered, you know, him and Caleb when they came and they delivered immediately. Well, he came over to my house and we just jammed that song for like a grip. Mm. Like, all right, just gonna beat it into our heads so we don't fuck yeah, this I never, up. Yeah. I never jammed with him before. Mm -hmm. We showed up to a music video, like, let's do it. <laughs> and for the stay alive shoot, you guys too. never played together before that. No, man. holy shit, no. that's that's awesome. Well, yeah, well, and it's we stay alive. We <laughs> chase yeah. got us in um, elevation at the intersection. And I time coded a, uh, a time coded whole set on lights so I could just. Mm -hmm. Press go or bubbles. He yeah. actually pressed go and ran some visuals live. Yeah, and it was like a fake show. So we had like security there and like had people in. So the camera was just like, it was an open show though. Like, like, so anybody could just walk in. We They were marking people. It was still. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so we're just like playing it. And it like, I am also like brand new at this, but. So the worst part was for Caleb, like he has to play his drums full volume. Like my yeah. amp, my like I'm dead silent. Like yeah. you know, like no one's hearing me fuck up. <laughs> yeah, I remember I um, Christian. He goes, uh, someone said, yeah, I think you were like, like I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Christian goes, or no, someone said we don't know what the fuck we're doing or something like that. And Christian goes, besides Caleb, he knows his shit. <laughs> yeah. He was killing it though. Yeah, he's like pressure's on. No, I had most of it down there. I mean, you know, there's a part or two, but in the music video, you really just have to look cool. That's yeah, something that matters. Just look yeah. cool. Have a cool <laughs> guitar, bro. Mm -hmm. That's how I got the the job. He was like, "Hey, can you send me pictures of your rig?" I'm like, "Why? <laughs> Why would I send you pictures of my amp and guitar?" And he goes, "Well, I'm just considering you as a guitarist." I'm like. Oh, well, you could have started with that. Yeah. Hey, man, will you send me pictures of your rig? <laughs> yeah? Why? Oh. <laughs> uh, where can people hear Timeless? Rocktimeless.com. I bring you everywhere. Yep. Where can people find more information about the cables? Moomdemcables.com. Got the website. Moomdem. L-O-O-M-D-E-M cables. All one word. Dot com. Nice, nice. All right, so the closer is I'm going to let you guys sort of just say your piece to give yourself some advice. So when you guys listen to this in the future, it could be whenever. I like that. Uh, something that you guys think you might need to hear in the future. So go ahead, both of you. I'm never going to listen to this podcast. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally kidding. Um, I would say just keep writing music and don't be a little bitch sometimes. <laughs> Same. <laughs> um, same. Same. I would say... Hold your thoughts. Think about them. Mm -hmm. don't, just, don't just speak as it rolls off your tongue. Or, you know, as soon as you think about something, you know, don't respond. You know, like, actually let yourself take it in and think about why you want to respond this way. Or how you think you should respond versus how you want to respond. Actually think about it and why you feel that way before you respond. Hell yeah. Cool. Well, thank you guys for doing this. this yeah, great. thank you guys. Yeah, so much. Appreciate yeah. it. It was, it was a awesome. great time. Good to catch up. Haven't seen you guys in years. God knows yeah. how long yet. That's <laughs> been a while. At least a couple, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. probably been at least five or some shit. I'm 27 now. So. Jeez. 
Wait till you get Wait, wait, wait (laughs) till your age starts with a three. No, it's not ever going to happen. I'm just going to stay 29. Oh, man. Well, you gotta, I wish I you got to make it past the 27 Club first. <laughs> <laughs> I, I should be good. It's not funny. It is serious. Yeah. It is funny. <laughs> yeah. Siri, I know you're not connected to the internet. <laughs> Where does that even come from? I don't know. Did I say serious? Yeah. Yeah, probably. That's not even her name. She's listening. I had that shit turned off. So what if you have the guy on your phone? Is it... Suri? <laughs> No. <laughs> you know, like it was the guy yeah. talking instead of the girl Siri. I don't know. Is that Microsoft? Microsoft? Oh, is it Sam? Is it Microsoft? No, yeah, it's you not can Microsoft. like change it. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say Microsoft Sam. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh shit. shit! Yeah, you can change it. You can have Australian, British, whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, dude, you can. What? You got plenty of settings on there. Yeah. Yeah, mine's so, I guess I just, I just yeah, instantly yeah, just Australian like. Guy. No Siri, and that's just where I kind of end. Like, I, I don't if, ever really use it. I wonder if I had a different, not an American Siri, if it would be smarter. No. Oh. <laughs> just kidding. Because <laughs> my Siri is dumb. Yeah. She don't listen to me. Yeah. Well, obviously she does, because she thought you were talking to no, her. No, but she, she, she just don't hear just, you, right? No, she just doesn't understand. Yeah, that's <laughs> Maybe it needs to be in another language. <laughs> Siri, give me directions to Mr. Quicks. Oh, it didn't work. Someone's listening to this right now, though, and their Siri is going on. <laughs> hey, Siri. Hey, Google. What's the other one? Hey, Alexa. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Play Timeless. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Dude, I was doing that at shows before, uh, like, they got shut down. If I'd be, like, in the crowd, I'd, like, airdrop, like, just... Timeless shit to everybody oh, there that had their shit turned dude, on. That's genius, actually. Josh Free does that shit and sends people crazy ass like clown pictures and shit when he's standing in line at concerts. He finds <laughs> what phones are available to airdrop and he just airdrops a picture and doesn't say nothing. <laughs> just a creepy clown. Mm-hmm. It wasn't crazy. Josh Poole. I think I mispronounced that. <laughs> I think it was Josh Cool. Yeah, it was Josh Cool. With a K. Yeah. <laughs> With a G, too. Josh. <laughs> Josh with a G. Wouldn't that be Gosh? No, not if well, you... Wouldn't Jeff, not if you decide that it's okay. Josh. Okay. Yeah. Jeff, Jeff with Sorry a, for assuming. My what bad. about G-off? G-off. Jeff. My name's Jeff. My name's Joff. 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 Goff. That's a lightning round for you right there. Yeah. How many, t- how many different ways do you say Jeff? <laughs> Jeff. Joff. Joff. Come on, guys. <laughs> <laughs> All, All right, Jeff. We uh, we appreciate you guys coming on again. And, yeah, thank uh, you. Um, you know, hopefully we uh, see you guys doing big things in the future and, uh, you know, look back on this time and be like, hey, those guys were on our podcast. Hopefully yeah. you guys blow up and we're like, yo, we were on their podcast. <laughs> we appreciate that. Yeah, no, that'd be awesome, man. And stay classy, America. <laughs>